Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Title Fight is also available as an ebook and as an ad-free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash titlefight. Kai's skull itched. The flesh was as good as new. No scars, not even a hint of the post-fight brain surgery performed on Kyle just a week earlier. It was the freshly fused bone beneath that felt like static teeth compulsively grinding. Waiting in the plush antechamber, Kai was ready to dig a trench through his scalp with his fingernails to get at the stinging sensation. He'd traveled by private frigate to planet Ionath. The Galactic Fight Council was headquartered in the heart of Ionath City. If he wasn't there on such awful business, Kai might actually be having a good time. He liked Ionath City. It was as far away from both the purest nation and the Kretorakian Empire as one could travel and still get room service. Kai didn't like the bats. He didn't like anyone, but there was a gold star next to the bat's name on his list. Marcus swore up and down that the Kretorakians had an entire covert agency keeping tabs on professional fighters. Kai believed it, liked it even less. They tolerated the mod-saturated sport of mixed martial arts for the same reason they introduced football to their conquered sub-races. It kept the plebes entertained and sedate. Unlike football, where any kind of performance-enhancing technology was banned to the point of imprisonment and or death, the bats allowed them in MMA fights sanctioned in Kretorakian-controlled systems. Kai knew the reason. Mods elevated the fights beyond cheap distraction to grand spectacle. Besides, a football team was essentially an army, and the last thing the bats wanted was battalions of cyborg soldiers breeding in their own backyard. A fighter, on the other hand, was a gladiator, fiercely independent by definition, a lone warrior with a short life expectancy and no allegiance to anyone or anything except his own glory. In the bat's eyes, that made mods worth the risk. Kai often wondered if the Kretorakians had ever read up on Spartacus. Marcus met him in the antechamber, a few moments before a fluttering hurrah page summoned them both inside. Marcus was decked out in a formal tunic the color of hull rust. His silver-threaded hair was slicked and combed. He'd even shaved. So, do I look respectable? the old man asked Kai. You look like crap. Marcus laughed. I love you too, kid. Let's go. The chambers of the Galactic Fight Council resembled a church nave, something evangelical and baroque from ancient earth. 
The room was expansive and circular, with a hollow fresco hanging overhead that shifted every 60 seconds to display a stained-glass-style relief of a different Hall of Fame fighter. The nave flowed to a dais on the other side of the room. The council's three senior members were seated behind the altar-like bench rising from it. The center chair was reserved for Solon the Half-Lidded, an utterly ancient quith leader. Many decades earlier, he'd barely survived an assassination attempt, and as a result, his single eyelid drooped, causing him to look perpetually half-asleep. Rising high to his right, Banshee, a Sklorno, who was no less worse for wear after years as a competitor. A willowy titanium tendril with a high-speed image processor affixed to its end had replaced one of her four eye stalks. On the far end of the dais, a huge lump of a heavy key, as pink as fresh scar tissue, named Shooty Tom Coe, who represented the key referee union. While not an official member of the council, he had a voice in council matters. He was still missing the digit Kai bit off when Shooty was forced to pull him from Parmac the Splitter's prone form in a one-round blowout two years previous. Kai was fined astronomically, but Shooty didn't seem to hold a grudge. It was part of the job. The three beings were as fair and equitable a trio as you could hope to find in any bureaucracy. It was the human to Solon's left, the third senior council member, from whom Kai was anticipating a possible reaming. Cole Draba was a former heavyweight champion, having held the title for all of one month in his long career. The opponent for his final fight was Marcus Diablo. Marcus ruined Draba's hopes of a second run of the title and forced him into early retirement. Marcus didn't just take Draba's eye. He damaged the socket so badly they couldn't even reconstruct it to put in a new one. As a result, the left side of Draba's face was a crater bolted over with a fitted grate, and he had spent the intervening years playing politics to keep himself relevant in the fight game. If there was a way to beat down Marcus, and by proxy beat down Kai, Draba would use this hearing as his metaphorical boomstick. We convene here under the banner of the Galactic Fighting Association, Solon began, sounding far more alert than he looked. In deliberating the matter before us today, I will call upon our human representative to be the voice of the council. Kai heard Marcus mutter a gravelly curse under his breath. Council member Draba, Solon said. Thank you, Solon. And as the human representative of this esteemed council, Draba began, sounding so earnest he couldn't possibly be anything but full of it, and because we're dealing with a human fighter's conduct, it's been left largely to me to guide us on this matter. Another expletive from Marcus, and this time Draba's voice began to rise. The council has reviewed the incident in question, and our ruling is as follows. Kyle North will be stripped of the Galactic Fighting Association Heavyweight Championship and ordered to complete an association-supervised program on the ethics and philosophy of personal combat. What about our appeal? Marcus said. What about it? Draba shot back, not even attempting to hide his perverse satisfaction. This is outrageous, Marcus began, but Kyle silenced him. He stepped forward. You want the title, Draba? 
Kai addressed the entire council. You can have it. Not even the chump whose waist you put it around will believe he deserves it. And as for the rest, you can shove ethics and philosophy in the orifice of your choice. All of you. You want to teach me about respect? I showed Brockham more respect than you're showing me right now. The only thing I owe you or anyone else is a good show. I gave you one for the ages. But you want it both ways. You want high buy rates and blood by the gallon, but you also want to show the galaxy clean hands and pretend you're running a pads and headgear spar fest that's fun for all ages. You showcase warriors. Warriors fight and kill. It's what we do. It's what you make your living on. You won't see the inside of a ring until you comply with the council's mandate, Draba said, unable to completely hide his smile. Maybe not, Kyle said. But I will see you in the parking lot at the end of the day, you dead-eyed hack. Kai stormed from the chambers. Marcus followed after him. Hey, kid, Kyle, I'll meet you back at the hotel. Marcus never caught up with him. Kai left council headquarters and was at the hotel just long enough to tear his suit off and change into workout pants and a tow pirate's jersey. He had no intention of sitting in his room, letting the hand puppets ruling chew his guts all night. Shuck them. They could score points in the cards with a few jabs, but they wouldn't beat him. No one beat him. Besides, everybody wanted to comp the champ while he was on planet. And Kai was still the champ. Period. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
It was early enough to catch the Hover Esadari matches in the downtown's underground hippodrome. They gave him a private box. Kai sat and watched the tricked-out war chariots skirt the foul-smelling air of the arena. Heavily armored hurrah referees buzzed just outside their field of combat. The combatants never fought face-to-face or hand-to-hand, barely peeked out of their flying batteries at each other. Just a freak show, Kai said after 15 minutes and split. He decided to hit a few clubs. The bootleg arms had become the hottest night spot in Ionath City since Kyle's last visit. The music was the sonic equivalent of an industrial press, and the dance floor teemed with half a dozen different species, all of them performing a version of the same mindless, trendy dance. Flashbug seemed intent on giving any susceptible being a migraine as they beamed nuclear colors in time with the music. Kai swatted one of the creatures and shot the nearest pair of key bouncers a look, daring them to try their forehands at ejecting him from the club. They seemed stupid enough to accept his unspoken invitation until something stopped them. The realization of who Kai was, no doubt. Elder North, a meek voice called from behind Kai. He turned toward it to find a quith worker practically bowing at his feet. I am Teakhead the Groveling. I'm never going to get this thing with you guys in the names. In my case, I believe it was both a personal observation and a jest at my expense. T-Cat presented him with a tray containing a harp-shaped bottle of exotic liquor and a glass filled with ice. Our best. Compliments of the new owner of the bootleg arms, who requests your presence in his private booth. The last thing Kai wanted to do was glad-hand another jerk-based VIP and pose for pictures. Instead, he grabbed the bottle and the best-looking human girl sitting at the bar before splitting. He was halfway through the bottle by the time the taxi brought them back to the hotel. Kai ditched the girl in the lobby after he decided he wanted to be alone. His suite was dark and cool and spacious and smelled of alien flowers. Kai entered the foyer, pouring booze down his gullet at a rate that burned his throat and frayed his senses. Five feet past the threshold, Kai realized he was not alone in the suite. He could smell them, sense them. Kai raised his right knee and smashed the bottle over it. Gripping the jagged-tipped glass neck, he whipped around and threw it like a knife. It would have speared the heart of a human, but instead bounced harmlessly off the hardened carapace of a hulking quith warrior. There were two of them, moving to flank Kai from the shadows of the darkened room. Without hesitation, Kai advanced on the one he'd pinged with the bottleneck, batting aside strikes from arms and pedipalps. Kai shifted his right foot behind him, bringing his opponent's focus to his left leg, then quickly pivoted and delivered a vicious switch kick. A second before impact, Kai changed levels and turned it into a sweep. His shin collided with the warrior's right knee, shattering the joint. The warrior dropped. The other quith warrior grabbed Kai. It was impossible to clinch with a quith the same way Kai would clinch with another human, by cupping his hands behind the opponent's head and drawing it downward. Instead, Kai coiled an arm around each of the quith's rippling pedipalps. He thrust his legs back and planted his feet, using the tight underhooks to control his opponent to bend him forward. Kai brought his knees up into the quith's softball-sized eye. Its thick, leathery eyelids snapped shut in time with Kai's strikes. 
The warrior was experienced, but unaware that Kai was only using the knees to distract him. Kai suddenly shifted his weight, twisting his body to the left with those muscled pedipalps still held in his underhooks. The Quith's surprised body had a choice. Yield to Kai's momentum, or have its pedipalps torn apart. There was an ornate table in the center of the foyer. Kai released his underhooks and sent the Quith crashing through the piece of furniture and sprawling onto the floor. The entire skirmish had lasted only a few seconds. Kai spread his feet apart and bent his knees, waiting for the pair to recover, waiting to finish it. His hands were gnarled, knotted killing tools, and held aloft they were enough to take down a battalion. It didn't matter to him that the fallen Quith warriors were now reaching to the belts of their gray pants for the pistols holstered there. Virek! Choto! The voice was authoritative, and its commands were obeyed without question. A light filled the main room of the suite. The speaker, a diminutive Quith leader, was seated in the room's largest chair. That was quite impressive, the leader said. These are two of my finest warriors. That wasn't even a warm-up, Kai said, and it was true. Neither his breathing nor his heart rate was the least bit elevated. You should have let him finish it. That is not why I am here. Then you should have knocked. How'd you even get in here anyway? I own this hotel, as well as the bootleg arms. You should know refusing my invitation was an inexcusable insult. Do you hear me making excuses? The two Quith warriors advanced on Kai again, ready to go another round over his disrespectful tone. Their leader snapped off something in the Quith language, and they halted immediately. I appreciate your brashness. It is a necessary quality in a fighter. Fighters are not like soldiers. You stand alone. You fight alone. You die alone. Everyone dies alone. That is a very philosophical point. However, not everyone stares his own mortality in the face and courts death with taunts. In that, you are solitary. I like it that way. Yes, but outside the ring, there are battles you cannot conquer without help. What are you selling? I am Greedock the Splithead, Mr. North. Kai nodded. He knew the name. Is that a toe pirate's jersey? Yeah. You do realize you're in Ionath City, home of the Krakens? Yeah. You do know that I own the Krakens? Yeah. You enjoy antagonizing those around you, don't you, Mr. North? There was something about Greedock, something beyond the knowledge of his status as an underworld crime lord, which broke down Kai's usual smart Alex shield. Most beings Kai had encountered in his life filled the air with fetid molecules of self-deception every time they opened their mouths. Kai liked to chew it up with a heavy grain of sarcasm and spit it back at them. There was none of that with Greedock. His insight into Kai spoke of a being who cut through all the crap. Kai actually took a moment to think before answering him. I enjoy reminding people like you why I'm allowed to antagonize them. I've earned it by spilling blood and stacking bodies. Until the day comes when I run into someone who can take me out, that's how I'll conduct myself. Today is that day. I caution you against antagonizing me any further. I want you to make your point, 
My point is simple. You wish to fight Korak the Cutter. You wish to prove to the whole of the galaxy that you are the best fighter in it. I can make this happen. How? By brokering a deal for you in the IFA, of course. Kai laughed pure bile. The GFA is going to bury me until I prove to them that I can be a good little corporate champion. They'll never release me from my contract, especially to fight in the IFA. They'd lose millions, in currency and in viewers. These are matters of business, Mr. North. They are best left to businessmen. You're a fighter. Your concerns begin and end in the ring. I'm offering to facilitate those concerns. What's the price? All I would ask from you is a certain level of appreciation, a small amount of loyalty. Kai shook his head. I don't swear fealty, not to anyone, not anymore. If there was a quith version of the human sigh, Kai thought he heard it then. Very well. Greedock shuffled from the chair, then passed Kai. Kai was filled with the sudden urge to step on the quith leader, but he suppressed it. Kai suddenly realized there was something he cared about more than losing the GFA title and being barred from every GFA ring, and that was the last battle he needed to fight to prove to himself he was the best anyone had ever seen. Shamakath, Kai called to Greedock, surprising the quith leader with a sign of respect. I don't care who makes money off my fights, Kai said. I don't care about money, period. If you really do have the juice to get me in the ring with Korak, then do it. Just make sure your bet is big and your money is on me. You won't have my undying devotion, but I'll owe you one. Greedock made a gesture that was akin to nodding. He departed, Chodo in his wake, the quith warrior forced to limp along on two middle arms and one rear leg. Virak, Greedock's other bodyguard, the one with pieces of the foyer table still stuck in his carapace, lingered. Work on your takedown defense, tough guy, Kai advised him. You gave Brokhan honorable death, Virak said. Let's hope I can return the favor someday. Kai was still laughing when the door to his suite closed. You have been listening to Title Fight, Season 2 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar, with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. Superweaponband.com Every 
every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.